Hey, this is Drew here with my little sister, Ashley. Hi. <laughs> I did it. And guess who's not here? Derek. Derek. Your little sister, Derek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our absentee summer special student. Um, <laughs> so Derek is off again this week, enjoying his uh, extended summer break. But Ashley is back. So Ooh. that's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you missed um you missed our Chuck Norris podcast. Are you sad about that? No, not really. Okay. Jean-Claude yeah. Van Damme all the way. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, we can completely trash Chuck now that Derek's gone. So Oh no. That's his punishment. You are listening to New Release, a movie podcast with a time traveling twist. Episode 121. Yeehaw! Woo woo! All right, that's better. <laughs> Um, Ashley, since this is a time traveling joint, when the heck are we this week? OMG, it's August 1982. We've been on our best behaving behavior, limiting video game time to only four hours a day. Not bad. Not bad at all. <laughs> um, doing our Jane Fonda workouts every morning and watching what we eat. But at what cost? Are we killing the fast food industry? Oh, gosh, I hope not. I don't think so. Gulping them down, mountains of French fries, mounds of milkshakes, and nearly 20 pounds per person per year of hamburger, fried or broiled, with or without. Yet across those fast food counters, the unthinkable may be happening. Uh -oh. Americans may be getting their fill of hamburgers. Fast food analyst Michael Culp. Over the last uh, three or Whoa. four years, the number of hamburgers sold in the fast food restaurants uh, all over the United States is down about 10%. Why did you stop eating hamburgers? Uh, there's a lot of publicity about uh, meat not being as healthy for you as uh, fish. It's supposed to be a lot better for you. I just Fish. Okay. Yeah. Fish sandwiches. Yum. Yeah. See what you did, Ashley? My, I mean, it's fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> We're cooking our burgers on the grill, just not going to fast food joints. So, yep. We're supporting the um, burger industry in our own special way. <laughs> anyway, um, you can't get a Big Mac at the movie theater. So, um, I can say that popcorn consumption is up 500% since we've oh, been Oh, yeah, for so, sure. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to be watching in, while we eat our massive uh, tubs of popcorn this week? Well, there's a there's a Cheech and Chong road trip movie. Oh, that might actually looks... help our popcorn consumption. Yeah, that might actually <laughs> make it go up to a thousand percent. Um, there's also a swashbuckling romance called the Pirate Movie. Whoa, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, any? I mean, we had planned to watch Cheech and Chong. I can't remember. Um, it was all of a week ago, so I can't remember if we promised it. I think. Even when we were previewing it last week, I had my doubts. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Derek's not even here. So what a <laughs> sick joke that would have been. Um, oh, yeah. We just had to talk about it for an hour yeah. and be like, great. <laughs> so let's let's not do that. Anything else? Well, I'll read a couple reviews of this really impressive movie, apparently. Um, okay. It's a sensational slam bang end of the world picture. A smashing good time at the movies. A sizzler. George Miller and company have pulled off a winner and it just goes on and on and on. Starring Did you see um what? I saw some taglines uh, such as apocalypse pal. Oh yeah, exhilarating entertainment. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um so starring Mel Gibson, Australian actor, mm -hmm. um not very well known at the time in The Road Warrior or Mad Max 2. That sounds cool. Um yeah. He looks let's... really cool in the poster, so all leather and then just kind of beat up but he looks awesome and he has a giant like metal brace that they oil in the movie so they oil it yeah <laughs> all right that well, part? i'm in maybe you watched the wrong one um, Oh no <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna find out soon um even though we were at the theater together so here we go let's go in the future cities will become deserts Roads will become battlefields, and the hope of mankind will appear as a stranger. The Road Warrior. 
starts May 21st at the Man's Vogue Hollywood and Man's National Westwood. See? May 21st. Ooh, makes sense why it's rated R. <laughs> yeah. So the movie's been out for a couple months, but we went to the drive-in to see it. it you forgot awesome to mention and... that in your intro. It was quite dusty. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. What a exhilarating, action-packed experience. Holy cow. Yeah, not a lot of talking, uh, but nope. a, lot, a lot of action. We're going to make up for that right now. <laughs> I think we already unless, have talked. Unless you just want to like make engine noises and pow, pow, sounds. What's the... Yeah. Oh, that was really good. So that was the sound of a boomerang flying through the air. But what about yes. when it, it digs into someone's skull? Dunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about people's eyes popping out before they get smashed by the front of a car? Can you make that noise? Mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that works um so yeah this is a visceral uh movie that you can you have to see and feel in the big screen with the the, the sound cranked up um mm. in your own car like people were revving up their engines at the drive-in yeah, trying awesome. to have a little like you know um car off with <laughs> the characters on the screen people were tied to the front of the bumpers, like you see <laughs> in the movie, uh, it was a you know an immersive experience. But a lot of leather. Derek blended right in. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I mean, this was the perfect movie for him to get outfit inspiration. And despite it being the middle of summer and our burger bods on full display, <laughs> um, we We've been doing we the did James our best. Bond workout video. We're fine. Yeah. yeah, it's a balance. It's all about it's all about that balance. Um, <laughs> Anyway, we are talking about the feeling of the movie, but what did you think of this as as a movie experience? Um, as an experience in the theaters, amazing. As yeah. a movie as a whole, mm, you know, not my favorite. Interesting. Yeah, um, I want more yeah. dialogue. Guess how many lines of dialogue Mel Gibson spoke? Six. Sixteen. <laughs> but like for the main character for an entire movie is pretty crazy. <laughs> like yes, yeah. The, there's the guy he meets that that um that makes the helicopter um gyrocopter thing. Yeah. Uh, he speaks a little bit. At, like, it's like one of the only conversations towards the beginning of the movie. And then when they get to the uh, outpost, kind of like the the oil um, refinery camp. There's some leaders there that speak, but Mel Gibson, not so much, does most of his leader, you know, leadership with action, not words. Yeah. <laughs> In a little, a cute little music box. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, this movie felt familiar to you. Yeah. So I just watched it like a year or two ago. I don't know. I thought I'd never seen it before, but I was wrong. And so I watched it. I was like, oh, it's this one, and. Uh-huh. I think I watched it more recently than I thought because I realized I fall- fell asleep at the exact same time last time I watched it. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is easy to fall asleep when you're reclined in the truck bed of our yeah. new El Camino. And it's uh, just like so much action that I think I talked about this before. I don't know if I was smoking the bandit or it might have been mm-hmm. that one. It's like too much action to where I get like tired. Like I almost need like a chill moment and then go back to the action. I just get like overwhelmed by too much action and fall asleep. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. I rented the first one at the video store to kind of, you know, build up to this one. And that is a more like contained it's it's a very simple story, but it does have more emotional stakes. He has a wife and kids and he's like working in this very dangerous police job. Uh but eventually he once his partner gets killed, he takes a leave of absence and tries to just live uh, a life like, you know, on the outskirts of of the Australian countryside <laughs> until, of course, they run into outlaws and the outlaws run over his wife and baby and kill them. So at the very beginning of the movie. Of this no, scene. this is like this is like three fourths of the way through. Are you sure it's not the beginning? <laughs> yeah, I, I just watched it. Maybe I, I I'm still not convinced you've seen any of these movies, even though we were together. No, I I saw did you did second. you start with Fury Road and work your way back to Mad Max Three? No, I saw Fury Road and I saw Mad <laughs> Max Two. There's like the Feral Kid in it. 
Yeah. It's all about like this trying to get that oil field. And there's the guy in the flying machine. I saw it. Okay. <laughs> I was there. okay. That's definitely the second one. But you remember the first one as well? No, I don't remember the first one at all. But they have a clip of the first of the mother and the child getting rid of motorcycles in the second one. Okay. Well, so That's what I, I, was talking about. I shouldn't talk about a, not, a different movie too much. Yes. This movie has a very helpful um, recap. Not only yeah. a recap of what happens in the first movie, but actually it goes before that to tell you what happens with the to create sort of the fuel hungry post apocalyptic scenario that we're in. So that's new information that we didn't even have in the first movie. Okay. Yeah. And, and then, like, and and then the yeah, when they're showing the clips, you saw like them run over and you see their shoes on the yeah. ground. That happens very close to the the like third act of the first movie. That's why I was confused. I was like, what do you mean? I, I watched the same movie as you. Just yes, it one. happens at the beginning of this movie towards the end of the original movie. Got it. Um, <laughs> and the narrator of that, there's also like a framing device with the this. feral kid. Yep, it's the kid um, with the with the hair metal hairstyle or kind of like a uh, mullet, you could yeah. call it. He's awesome. Um, crazy Derek- teeth. If Derek had long hair still, he should be the feral kid for Halloween. Mm. That's a great idea. I think it'd be an awesome costume. Yeah. Derek, if you are hearing this, just letting you know. Such a such a um kind of Australian cliche, um, and just like a childhood cliche to want boomerangs to be cool and yeah. and play with them. This movie is probably the only situation where they've ever been cool and effective and deadly. And deadly, yeah. He yeah. threw one into a bad guy's forehead. So yeah, there's this immediately. <laughs> there, the the main guy in command is this like muscle bound uh, bodybuilder that mostly has his face. Well, he has his face covered in like a metal hockey mask. Yeah, because um, he was bur- he has burns all over his body. Yeah, so that's the leader. But one step under him is this dude with like a reddish pink mohawk, and he has a blonde kind of younger boyfriend-ish sub-slave. Yep. Um, there's very a lot of S&M. I don't know whether this movie or Hellraiser um, takes close. the crown for yeah. main making S&M like, just kind of a matter-of-fact uh, part of, of a movie that's like way out there in every other way, too. But it's like they don't talk about these characters. Uh, it's not like they're not presented as like trying to be weird. Well, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's just kind of matter of fact that they're all wearing insane outfits. Yeah. Like super flamboyant. Um, maybe because the world has collapsed, they're finding ways to express themselves that, you know, like would be unconventional. It really stands out against kind of the drab landscape. So, yeah. And then you fun. have the other, like the, the, people that are protecting the oil and they're like more like in star wars garb like mm-hmm. <laughs> lighter colors like more flowy um and it was also really cold when they were filming so they were like in these leather outfits like freezing a lot of them that's... got hypothermia <laughs> oh wow yeah that's so wild because like you really feel the the heat and yeah. like the uh dehydration that must be happening when he's got like that one guy um mm-hmm. the the snake charmer slash helicopter oh, yeah pilot like chained up to uh a log in the middle of the sun and you just like they're eating dog food out of a can they don't ever drink anything right no not once (laughs) um mel gibson in this movie um even though his wife and kid were run over by a biker gang he does have a a dog sidekick now yeah named dog yeah perfect name (laughs) very useful and like humanizing addition to the movie i mean did you did you find the dog effective i loved him <laughs> the dog yeah. device yeah yeah of course and he's a blue healer which they're really cute dogs so yeah is um, that like an, a pretty common breed uh to australia yeah it's a cattle dog yeah australian cattle dog yeah so well trained um in the context probably in real life and then in the context of the movie it basically comes to his rescue on multiple occasions until they kill the freaking uh, dog I know. I was hoping off that would happen. Off camera, not really off screen, but they don't show it, right? They don't show it, which is good, but he does get shoot, shot by an arrow, which is a really big bummer. And you hear that whimper, and you're like, yeah. Really didn't want him to die. He was also um, 
taken from like a pound. He wasn't trained and they trained him for the movie. Wow. And then someone from the, and then one of the camera crew members adopted him, which is really cool. So man, yeah. Backstory on the dog. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so fun. Like early, the movie starts with a chase sequence. There's some pretty incredible chase sequences all throughout. Um, but it starts with him kind of like, um, uh, driving through, like, he's basically running out of gas and he's trying to track down this like um uh tipped over semi truck and and siphon gas from that but that's when we see the uh the mohawk dude and his blonde um sub mm-hmm. and they kind of just have a standoff and they leave mel gibson alone at that point yeah surprisingly yeah. But know. he's got the same car from the first movie. What did you think of the the black? Um, it was sweet. Ford Falcon GT Pursuit. I, I I've seen a lot of different names for it, but yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> it's I liked pre- all the ve- like I love all like Mad Max movies. I really all the vehicles are so cool. Yeah, I mean They're they so put creative. S- exactly, like that goes back to the costume thing. Like they could be in normal um kind of functional vehicles but Mm -hmm. there's a flamboyance to everything in this movie that is just goes above and beyond like utility yeah Um, Yeah. so that's really exciting even mel gibson's kind of asymmetrical leather jacket is a little bit oh in this movie he has like i'm sure we're not supposed to think that he dyed it himself but he's got like a blonde streak in (laughs) the side of his really cool his hair yeah um he what did you think of his you know him as a lead and a hero with a that's a man a few words i thought he was great yeah he was just there for the action and i was like yeah let's go mel um and he also like it was his idea to like make him look like that so he like cut his own hair cut the jacket like he did all the like modifications for his outfit um but yeah i thought it was believable as like a badass yeah and i mean well you have one clip we'll go ahead and get it out of the way because there's so little such little dialogue but (laughs) this is when he does encounter the guy who's built this like flying machine (laughs) (laughs) yeah dog Was that one line or two? He said where twice. Twice. I mean two. Crap. It's not self-service. No, no. Too hard for me. But a man of your ingenuity. Where? 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 Kill me and you never find out. See? That's that's that was only six words, but you know, an exchange. So this guy has his like his territory and his uh copter thing booby trapped with snakes. Yeah, awesome. And Mel Gibson <laughs> is fast enough to, you know, grab one of the snakes and then the guy like is holding him up. But that's when the the dog that's when dog comes to his rescue. Um so yeah, I mean, where do you where do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about some of the action scenes? You want to talk about the plot? <laughs> um, I think we just heard it in that clip. Well, Mel yeah, there needs oil. He goes to get oil, and then yep. But he's not the only one who <laughs> wants. But he has to fight people for the oil that everyone wants. And there's an encampment that they're looking after this big oil rig. <clears throat> but they want to go out west, or where are they trying to go? I think I want to say north. Okay, I north remember. is what they, they say in the final, somewhere. in the final um, voiceover. Okay, so they want to go north and to some beautiful beach that's the whole goal and so they want to somehow escape from all these like really cool gang members or called marauders um and mel gibson's like i'll take the truck and i'll go and at first he went to steal their gas and then he was like no i'll help them because this feral child reminds me of my son oh wow you're reading a lot into his <laughs> motives i just trying to make him more of like a human you know <laughs> yeah he does i mean what's what's so um bleak about the first movie, obviously, is them killing off <laughs> his yeah. family. And then it really just ends on kind of like an open thread that he's just got nothing nothing left to live for. Um, but he's got the skills to survive. So, I mean, he's just kind of condemned to this life on the road, but he doesn't 
understandably, but to such a kind of crazy extreme, if he did have a capacity for human connection, mm-hmm. he certainly is doesn't show it in this movie. He does the right thing, more or less, but only as a last resort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he refuses to let the kid come along with him, which would have been a death you know, a death trap. His plan when he he completes the first part of his deal, which is to bring the semi truck that we saw in the opening scene back to the camp. So they can uh, fill it up with oil. Yeah. So they can yeah. transport their oil to this new, you know, like topless beach that they have postcards yeah. from. Um, yeah. And so but he, but when he gets his like as much gas as he can carry, which is, you know, like a few gallons in the back of his muscle car um mm-hmm. and he just drives straight through to the bat straight through where the bad guys are camped out yep and they uh attack him <laughs> yeah like attack him this is when his car flips over it's completely destroyed the dog gets, gets shot yeah. and then the only reason he survives is because he triggers the booby trap that he has on his car like and they think he's dead yeah right which is a little bit of a a cheat where they wouldn't just go check but right. we've seen worse examples yeah, of that it's a big in, explosion in you know yeah so so he has to crawl back to the camp and then he's like no the flying could... guy comes and gets him. oh right 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 yep he becomes like his really good friend which i like that um twist he like yeah, comes I... and like helps him out i thought they did a good job of making that guy appropriately kind of creepy and exploiting it seeming like he was going to run off with just like the younger hot blonde that that Mm -hmm. he could kind of like trick not trick but just you know convince to come with him um but when she says no he's he doesn't force the issue there's no assaulting or anything no he's like okay and then he decides he'll stay and help too which is really nice exactly he he gets totally he doesn't even need to be redeemed, but it's totally understandable in this movie that everyone has like everyone's threshold for what's moral has dropped a yeah. lot from what <laughs> it would be in a in a functioning society. So mm-hmm. I just assumed he was a pervert um, yeah, and same. a creep and he was a creep, but he wasn't. Um, <laughs> He's a redeemable creep. <laughs> he didn't cross the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he, he does redeem himself with that and then in the final showdown as well he plays a pretty um essential role in kind of attacking the enemies from above while mel gibson is driving the tanker um and they're all chasing him and scaling the truck and i mean it's just an epic final scene i don't know if we want to feral kids like beside him and like fighting off people (laughs) like yeah, the kid. I mean, so the things you latched on into the movie were why? Why do? Why do you say you want more like dialogue and story? It was just hard for you to connect with the characters. Yeah, I just didn't really. I mean, it was just too much action for me. Like, yeah, just too much. And maybe, it, maybe it didn't need more dialogue. It just needed something. I don't know. Different emotional action. stakes. Yeah, and so that's why I feel like whenever the dog was involved, because obviously I love dogs, or like the child, I was like, oh, this is interesting, and like spend more time with them but overall it's just too much too much action for me yeah i i think maybe because i watched them close together i felt like i got all the build-up and emotional you know um mm-hmm. kind of stakes out of the way with the first one and then for this one to be able to be so entertaining is just a pure um non-stop action sequence with a couple kind of like resets <laughs> in between yeah. Uh, I, I thought is an incredible feat to pull off. Like these movies are made on a very modest budget uh, by some metrics. Like the first one is the most financially profitable movie of all time. If you extrapolate out uh, how low the budget was with how much of a cult hit it became. And then this one, I mean, to pull off action sequences on this level is just awe inspiring. Um, yeah. To this day, I mean, mm-hmm. there's uh, some examples we'll talk about later of like impressive car chases, but this is these aren't car chases. These are like vehicle sequences that have insane explosions mm-hmm. and uh, choreography and stunts with with people 
scaling cars and fighting on top of cars and you know did you just read like, about the accident that happened on set because obviously it's gonna no happen. no let me know <laughs> bring me down uh well it wasn't like super serious but um one of the motorcycle riding people hits when they i don't know if you remember this but they hit the car and they fly over it mm-hmm. like the bike like smash into and you see his legs like doing kind of like a cartwheel kind of thing yeah, yeah that was actually an accident and he like really like broke his leg like really messed up his leg and they got it at least they got yeah, the shot and they yeah. filmed it and they were like well this is sweet and then they added it into they kept it in the movie I, that I, was yeah, not supposed to happen i thought there was like one cut while he was flying through the air where hopefully it was <laughs> they cut to like the the um crash dummy flying yeah but maybe not that um, was him yeah that's insane yeah uh, he was like flying through the air doing cartwheels like towards the camera because he wasn't supposed to, it was just a crazy accident but that was the only like serious injury that I could find, which is good because there was a ton of um, explosions and crazy stunts. So it, it takes a special person. So George Miller, the director of this, um, is known for um, uh, this weird career of making the mad. And Jamie is endlessly fascinated by this, although she hasn't seen most of his movies. Um <laughs> That he's the guy behind um, the Mad Max franchise and the Babe, um, Babe movies and Happy Feet. Yeah, yeah. So what he a makes, weird mix. <laughs> yeah, he's made like all these family movies in between making um, Mad Max movies, and obviously he's you know had an incredible like comeback in the form of Mad Max Fury Road, making a sequel. That was um, awesome. You know thirty five plus years after the the trilogy was originally wrapped up and it's just as much of a technical yeah so happy feet one and two babe one and two um that's so crazy the witches of eastwick (laughs) what he's like all over the place okay yeah yeah so but it and he has this like kind of uh humble charming demeanor he doesn't seem like a christopher nolan or like james cameron type that's mm-hmm. i'm but but it takes like such ambition and delusion to even try to pull off something yeah. like this on a modest budget you know and when mad max fury road was in production they had a lot more opportunity to use CGI and they use some CGI to enhance like the, the atmosphere and the backgrounds, mm-hmm. but they're building, they built all these cars. <laughs> they really spent all this time out in the desert. Um, he just like, I can guess that's probably why he needs a break to make, you know, um, mm-hmm. happy feet and babe in between. <laughs> in between I just want to do like saga. no explosions just, you know, for a little bit. yeah i mean it's there there's really there's probably nothing that compares to when the camp blows up that's maybe the biggest explosion i've ever seen on film yep yeah so like real explosion minus like terminator and those movies have like the little figurines and stuff they they have the camera like way far away from the explosion and i was nervous for whoever (laughs) was operating the camera because they show like it goes on and on and on and they showed bits of debris like flying through the air and who knows like how close any of them got to people um but yeah it's just uh insane undertaking and the result is like i didn't want to overstate it early on um but i think this is the best pure action movie we've watched for the podcast oh uh i know you didn't get a chance to prepare but yeah, I was trying to think of like Terminator. Yep. A lot of action. What was the one with death, the not death ball, the one where they're like constantly like fighting each other for that game with the skull? Yeah, another Australian joint. Um, we just were talking about that. It was, oh man. Well, I can't remember. Fury was maybe in it. Um, Blood <laughs> was maybe in it. Um, not Bloodsport. <laughs> but now some of the ones that I, I wrote down like total recall would if that counted but i feel like that's more of a sci-fi movie yeah more sci-fi um, for sure die hard 2 i'm not even sure you watched that i did it yeah so i think that was another jamie Derek, and drew podcast mm-hmm. um not as good as die hard so it doesn't really count maybe a little bigger from an action standpoint um the one that probably co- well there's two that come close and you said terminator but i consider that like more of a like 
not key, action? like horror horror oh. stalker movie it, okay. it counts for sure but very early on we watched indiana jones and the temple of doom oh yeah for sure that yep. that if that's your taste in action it has equally impressive you know set pieces chase scenes even mm-hmm. and just kind of like a much different lead man who's charismatic and, and talks are you an indie person or a um mad max uh well i don't really like harrison ford remember so yeah <laughs> i guess mad max caught between a rocket a boulder and a tunnel place and yep <laughs> a boulder and a car <laughs> yeah i so the and then finally the last one i'll mention is beverly hills cop oh i love that movie which that's a comedy a great, it's a comedy it had a great chase scene it had some like i remembered some explosion you know being impressed by kind of uh, the level of just like practical explosions and cars mm-hmm. like flipping over in that movie. So it had a big budget and felt like um, some really impressive action, but still ultimately that wasn't my takeaway. So yep. yeah, I don't know. I think this is, this is the just, most action. Yeah. And it's maybe never going to be my favorite type of genre, but I thought I just thought this was one of my favorite movie experiences for the podcast period. So, whoa, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I love this movie. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about the, let's talk about the final sequence, uh, because there's a little bit of a, of a twist there. So I don't know if you want to describe more of the buildup or just jump to kind of how it ends. Um, so I'll just do the build up a little bit. So they're fighting for, it seems like five hours, um, while Mel Gibson is driving the semi and hopes to like bring all the oil to the place that the people want them to bring it to wherever that is somewhere up North. And there's bad guys everywhere. A lot of people die. It's pretty insane. There's explosions. His friend gets shot down from like his like helicopter flying machine. The feral kid almost gets like attacked by like one of the main guys who's crawling up the front of the truck trying to get to them and then another car smashes into him and kills him it's pretty nuts um the tanker then flips and rolls down the hill like five billion times and you're like oh yeah. shit it's gonna <laughs> explode for some reason it doesn't explode and you're like well yeah that's weird mm-hmm. and then you see it's leaking everywhere but it's leaking sand so there's no oil on it it's just a distraction and it's distracting from like all the oil like all the tanks and stuff are actually in all of their like vehicles yeah, just pretty, pretty, pretty good distraction. Uh, and uh, I, I thought, did that first, did that twist catch you by surprise? Completely. Yeah. Yeah, it it actually explains if you had any kind of nitpicks with their plan or the action, like why they thought they could outrun an entire horde of bad yeah. guys in a super slow, you know, uh-huh. um, semi truck full of gas and like they armed it, but they didn't really, you know, seem to have that many reinforcements. Mm -hmm. And then, um, just kind of like uh, the whole time they were planning to leave and the, the semi truck throughout the movie, I was like, this is never going to work. So it, 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 but yet, and, but I didn't take the next leap to think how they would get around that dilemma. It's kind of like when Mel Gibson drove off, like he just didn't, he just thought he could outrun them, but they weren't going to be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't going to outrun them in this. They thought I thought that their plan was just like they were going to out fight them because mm-hmm. they put like barbed wire on the tanker. They had people on top of it, but they get pretty much like one pretty gets killed, set on fire pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the like, other girl he's gets like the shot. mechanic. Yeah. She gets yeah. shot by arrows. Like they die pretty quickly trying yep. to defend. And then I think a couple of times I want to say like they people like the enemies like shot at the tanker. And I was like, oh, that's weird that it's not like exploding. Right. But, you know, that makes sense now. Yeah. Who knows? Like, if they, they didn't want it, they shouldn't have wanted to explode it, but right. I guess they probably would have settled for that. Um, and then the big, the big boss, the main bad guy, humongous his, or something. Yeah. Maybe. He just drives headfirst into the <laughs> semi truck, right? Yeah. Yep. And that's when they show the like, you notice the eyes bulging out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do like a little bit. Uh, one trick they do throughout the movie is they speed 
they just speed the footage up. It looks like, is that what you mm-hmm. noticed too? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so they make the cars. Sometimes it's, it's a good device. Other times I found it a little bit distracting, but they'll just like speed up the footage to make it look like they're all, you know, they have nitro. Some of them do have like nitro boosters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the bad guy, like, I can't remember if he just like went up over a hill and, and I don't know what his, his plan was there, but yeah, I, I guess it sure does. Either. Is that what flips the truck though? Yeah. Okay. So he just sacrifices himself to, you know, to in a game of chicken where neither person is going to win. Right. Um, <laughs> except he's going to clearly like die, die on impact. Yeah. Um, and he kills the other main guy in the process. Right. So, yeah, but I thought that was just such an awesome little touch where Mm -hmm. we see like a close up on his eyes bulging right before, right before the impact. So that was awesome. And then I I was pretty sure I interpreted this accurately or I didn't like overly question it until later. But Mel Gibson, his reaction is a little bit hard to read when he's looking at the sand. Was he in on the trick or not? No. No. I don't think he interesting. was interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I think he was just like, "Oh, really?" Like that was his feeling. And then he has kind of like a all oh, shucks. Well, props to them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of. and then he's like, "Oh, they're on their way. That's fine." And they like leave him. I mean, he's. I think he's fine just being on his own. So See, at that point, I mean, do you think they left him on purpose, or he wanted them to leave him, or? I, I think he knew. I think he was in on it. Oh, uh, okay. But, but I mean, maybe why would they tell? Oh, yeah. Like how, how would he have? not known where they were all going or did they fill it fill up the other cars while he was asleep so it it was uh, maybe i waffled back and forth a couple times and eventually landed on uh, he He must have known because i think he was destined to live a solitary life and this was a perfect kind of like either suicide mission or where he could do the, you know, the right thing or, you know, just kind of like throw caution to the wind and worst case scenario, he's just back to being on his own as a loner yeah. again. Like, I don't think he wanted, he wasn't going to join up with them because he could have still gone in that direction. But we find out from the narration that they never saw him again. Right. Yeah. He's just, yeah, he's just a loner for life. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bleak. I mean, it's bleak from a character perspective. It ends just like the first one ends where he's got nothing really left connecting him to society and yeah. he's just going to roam the the roads and find gas. I think that people compare him to a scavenger multiple times or a vulture. Yeah. Um, so, and I mean, so what do you think? Like, is it, is it unsatisfying that he didn't kind of like try to reform and, and rejoin, reintegrate with society? No, I think that's just how it's, he's just going okay. to be. I think the fact that he helped him was enough for me. Okay. So I was yeah. like, okay, like it makes, I wasn't like surprised that he didn't go with them. I was like, he's going to do his own thing. So, so you get fatigued at, at times with the action, but not, but you didn't, you were fine with his character arc. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Um, well, I think that's pretty much it for now. Um, do you have anything else to discuss before you regale us with a poetry <laughs> reading? Um, I really like the feral kid. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about him a little bit more. He has this like tunnel system to get in and out of the camp. Which is awesome. And, and he like will jump and do flips into it. <laughs> yeah, and stands up to the bad guys. And it is really interesting to think about. He's the only kid we see in the movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he was born presumably um like into this this society this or this like lack of society. So he doesn't he's not holding on to like the human norms that everyone else is. Like Mel Gibson is just a loner and stoic, but at least he knew what it was like to grow up in a functioning society. This kid is an example of how you might grow up if you have kids in <laughs> a dystopia. Yeah. So. yeah, and he never talks. He only makes noises and like sound effects and grunts. And but he's really yeah. resourceful, and he's like a badass little kid. So he was like yeah. my favorite character. I like no, the flying it's... machine guy too. He was cool. Right, it's fun. I mean, there there are colorful characters on both sides. I think because they give the the bad guys such eccentric 
uh, dress and cars and everything about this movie. I think one of my main complaints when um, we watch, when I watch newer action movies or even older stuff is just if it doesn't have a distinct tone and it's not going for something like no one could accuse this movie (laughs) of not (laughs) going balls out for for the butt out (laughs) yeah everything everything out for um the vision that's in this guy's like crazy fantasy head so yeah yeah good job miller (laughs) yeah georgie um and furiosa is in production now i think oh is it yeah. Damn. Is Make it going to be with um, what's her name? Charlize is going to be part of it. Um, okay. um and I guess she's going to be um. Oh, and Anya Taylor Joy. Oh, uh, is the oh lead I like now. her a lot. So cool. Yeah. Nice. Sweet. But yeah, I'm ready for, to poem it up. All right, do it. <clears throat> okay. Max doesn't sound complete without the word "mad" in front of it. And he's fucking furious after his wife and son are killed by a gang leader. Ah, shit. His anger leads him to cruising through the outback, fighting off anyone that gets in his way. With his dog by his side, he's ready to motherfucking play. His dog, <laughs> will, fetch, his dog will fetch him a bad guy or two as they search for oil in this desolate place, leaving only blood, sweat, and violence as a trace. Mad Max is led to an encampment filled to the brim with oil. And at first he plans to steal it, but he becomes a softy and helps them defend their soil. He offers to drive a huge tanker out to the coast with a gang on his wheels. He and a feral kid sidekick are doing the most. The good beat the, the good beat out the evil through explosions in the longest car chases. Now they leave Mad Max back in the desert and on his own to constantly be on the lookout for gas, get a new dog and continue to roam. There it is. Yeah. Hopefully he does find a new sidekick. Canyon. There's some bunnies yeah. out there. Oh, <laughs> they get shot. Probably not as helpful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For food. Good. But, um, um, yeah. The Blood of Heroes is the movie. Oh, nice. Yeah. That watched. one had a lot of action, too. It did. But it, man, if you thought this movie was Conan. slow at times. Oh, yeah. Conan. That one counts. That one's um, definitely an action movie. Well, we, yeah, we watched both of them. We watched yeah. um, The Destroyer and The Barbarian. Yeah. But like. Uh, for a action sequence per volume metric. Oh yeah. I mean, this has the most action. And it's is my, like 97%. <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite action as well, but I can see where fatigue could set in and then it just could kind of numb to it. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that, I mean, Fury Road is more stylized and more kind of satisfying in some in some respects there's a little more going on plot wise and character wise there and mm-hmm. he's had like you know decades to dream up in, in the more most budget set ever. yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean this movie i guess i'm grading it on a little bit of a scale for the budget and the time but still um even That's independent it. of that it's it's awesome mm-hmm. yeah Thank you for your poem. We missed it okay. last week. I don't know why my voice just cracked like that. Thank you for your poem. <laughs> but that's going to conclude the first part of our discussion of Mad Max. We are going to move on to our favorite segment, Rank the Blank, sponsored, not really, by <laughs> Plymouth Duster. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Are you familiar with this sporty new vehicle? No, I thought it was a dust, like a cleaning supply. <laughs> well, that would work too, but here's. Don't want to be sad no more. Don't want to be alone. What for? And I love all that. Leave it in behind and I won't look back. I'm getting into my new car. Stick shift. Oh, they're kind of cool looking. Yeah. Polaroid cameras, dusters, and uh, a lot of neon (laughs) lights that say duster. Oh, it's snowing now. Driving it up. Got some kind of warranty. So, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a duster, like a, you know, for, yeah, cleaning. (laughs) You can can wear um, one when you you get out. It'll make for quite the dramatic. A double dust. Yeah, there you go. So that's our sponsor this week. 
Rank the Blank is where we pick a topic inspired by the week's movie and rank our personal favorites. This one is pretty freaking obvious. Craziest, Craziest car chases. There you go. Um, you pulled a Derek there. <laughs> I know. I thought I should just because Derek's not here. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I get to do it. So, um, man, one of the most um, common action movie tropes of all time, the car chase. It's a it's a movie rite of passage. So are there any Instagram uh, answers or honorable mentions that we want to mention before we get into our choices? Yeah, there's a lot of crazy car chases in Born Identity. Um, yep. And then there's that Bad Boys 2 scene where they're tossing cars out of the back of a semi truck. Oh, wow. Absurd. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, those are like the main ones that we got. So the couple. Oh, those and, were the Instagram ones? Yeah. Yeah, those are the Instagram ones. And then um, just some other ones to talk about. The Terminator 2, Terminator 2 motorcycle chase. Um, all Fast and Furious movies. Gone in 60 Seconds. Smoking the Bandit. Matrix yeah. Reloaded. Italian Job. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, it's the 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 options are endless and it's gonna um there's some that are more like grounded and meant to feel realistic, like in the Italian job, um, where it's just like theoretically or gone in sixty seconds, theoretically you could maneuver a car like this mm-hmm. and the cars are based on real vehicles. Um smoking the bandit, I guess. Uh, falls into that camp as well and then there are some like mad max where these are like fantasy world vehicles and they can do things you know present they either look like cars that you've never seen before and they perform in ways that uh, stretches the laws of physics quite a bit and (laughs) i definitely am down for that so Uh, do you want to plug our instagram before we get into our choices oh yeah we have an instagram it is new release podcast so follow it There you go. go. (laughs) Um, Every three or four weeks, Ashley (laughs) updates the backlog with a flood and a flurry of new posts. So prepare yourself for that. Yeah. (laughs) All right. For this movie, I think it's a no brainer to go with the final tanker chase sequence. Correct? Yeah. Yep. Um, So that's, you know, we just described that. And uh, from a pure scale standpoint, it's going to be really hard to top, but that's not the only qualification. So Ashley, what's your choice? I'm going to go with baby driver, not only because of the soundtrack, um, but his moves are sweet and he's a really good driver and there's car changes throughout the entire movie. Um, yep. And it's Ansel Elgort, which I really, who I really like and Jamie Foxx and Kevin Spacey and a bunch of people that enjoy watching on film. So I'm going to go with baby driver as my choice. Yeah. Directed by Edgar Wright. And known for a lot of things, but his like stylized action sequences synced up perfectly, like uh, synced and choreographed to the soundtrack of the movie. It certainly works well for a driving sequence. Like sometimes yeah. it might just be like, um, well, there's probably some pretty good chases in in Hot Fuzz as well. Oh, yeah. But anyway, great choice for Thank mine. You. I am going with um, a movie simply called Drive. Uh, I'm sorry. Bigger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Ryan Gosling and Carrie Mulligan. And I think his name is The Driver. He, mm-hmm. the movie opens with this sort of like low key sequence. There's like a clock ticking and he is um, preparing. You see him like very carefully and methodically planning out his, his, um, like timing of when he's going to be in one position or another, but his like driving is calm and collected. And he's just like the ultimate um, level-headed cool guy in this movie mm-hmm. until he stomps um, someone's brains out in an elevator. I forgot but, about that. Ugh. Yeah. I think I used that for a previous rank the blank, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it all culminates in this initial getaway sequence with him driving into the Staples center where the um, Lakers and Clippers play in Los Angeles right as a basketball game is, is concluding. So there's just this kind of like he times it perfectly. So everyone is trying to leave the parking garage when he parks the getaway car Mm -hmm. and then he's able, and that's how he loses the cops. So instead of going like into a remote area, 
he goes into the busiest possible area as a as a distraction and then he's able to just put a like baseball cap on and walk out <laughs> and walk right by the cops and so you know and they are never going to be able to find like the one in a million vehicle that they were chasing into this parking garage so pretty badass but like in a creative subtle way versus you know kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum from mad max <laughs> also amazing soundtrack yes and there is that um in honor of Derek's dismissal, no, <laughs> late arrival. <laughs> feral kid Derek instead of daddy Derek. Yeah, leather daddy feral Derek is, um, he he wanted to go with death proof. Oof. So that's a honorable mention on his behalf. And I just rewatched that sequence. Do you remember? Do you remember it, Ashley? Yeah, it's really brutal. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal because they show um, there's like four women in the car that Kurt Russell crashes into and they just replay the scene four times from each person's perspective. So like you might remember one or two of the kills, um, like someone's leg flying out into the road, someone's head getting treaded on like through the roof of the car as it, it flies through, but you get to see each kill kind of from the dead person's perspective, which is a pretty Pretty clever tarantino-y trick that he mm-hmm. pulls off there yeah oh. okay how do we want to rank these i mean i still turn, yeah i think the movie is gonna win but just because of pure scale like it's absurd like how, yeah like, and especially degree the of 80s, difficulty and the and like it was made 40 years ago i mean wow factor yeah i'd say it's gonna go the movie then it'll be death proof then it would be drive and then it'd be baby driver. Who okay. So you're going more, I mean, uh, both yours and mine are more kind of down to earth. Yeah. Driving sequences. Um, and we have a nice full spectrum here. Death proof is not even really a chase. He's just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't even know if it qualifies. I mean, it's just a, um, head on, uh, homicide and, as far as if we're zeroing in on chase and craziest, mm-hmm. there's no, there's zero competition right. for, for yeah. the tanker scene. So mm-hmm. it probably is aside from other Mad Max movies. Yeah. It's probably <laughs> the ultimate, you know, the way we're framing this, this like category is probably the ultimate example that I can mm-hmm. think of. There's a crazy like motorcycle chase being motorcycle being chased by the, um, the T uh 1000 wait what's the um what's the the new enemy in the second terminator movie i don't i'm not gonna yeah. know this so he's like <laughs> chasing arnold on a motorcycle in a semi truck i would say that's the closest competitor yeah, that's <laughs> that ends in in a massive explosion as well but but, but yeah. not a real scale explosion not that and also not like the duration the length of time that we get for the mm-hmm. the tanker chase is just unparalleled. So yeah, agreed. The movie all right. won. The movie won. Let's play a snippet of some auto noises here because that's <laughs> probably all, all all we're gonna get. Yep. And a little bit of the soundtrack. Oh yeah, soundtrack was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's people hanging off of the tanker, stuck in barbed wire. Mel Gibson is like trying to drive and fend people off. At and the he's getting like stabbed in the back or something while he's driving or something crazy is happening. Yeah, yeah, craziness. So yeah, he gets hit by he gets hit by like one of those um, spiky balls that's on a stick, sort of. Yeah, yeah. And that like pins him to the seat and presumably hurts him pretty badly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Just uh, so much going on and so much impressive uh, action in that. Probably, how long do you think the scene lasts? 20 minutes? Yeah, I was going to say like 15 to 20. Yeah. Because I just rewatched it. Nice. (laughs) Well, um, it's nice to see the movie winning again. That's it for Rank the Blank this week. Fake sponsored by a wonderful car that you can procure on... um, uh, 
at a garage sale, <laughs> perhaps <laughs> if you're lucky, the Plymouth Duster. So let's get back to the feature presentation. All right, Ashley, what has the audience and critical response to The Road Warrior been like? Everyone's loving it. Um, I guess they just love the action. So <laughs> very high praise from both critics and from normal people like ourselves. Yeah. Which is pretty impressive. Especially for a movie like this where it's just mainly just action, but it's like so wild and the action's so crazy that people are just like really drawn to it. Um, There's been so many really... Uh, insanely ambitious, visually stunning movies like that we've talked about <laughs> in the yeah. last couple months between Blade Runner and Tron mm-hmm. and the thing, like all in their own way. They're all just, just going for it. <laughs> yeah, going for it and realizing their vision. Um, mm-hmm. But some of those, like, you know, Blade Runner and the thing weren't, um, didn't impress critics at all at the time. Right. So but some some reason this one did. Well, I just think this one's simpler. Like Blade yeah. Runner is intellectually challenging and visually stunning, but like doesn't have like it's missing uh, something. And let's be honest, like these are probably mostly male critics that that we're pulling from, and and you know not to pigeonhole or stereotype anyone, but like this is just a very simple movie to. Yeah be impressed by like you don't need to think you don't need to think too hard to appreciate the action mm-hmm. i agree um cool what did, what did what did a critic have to say what did a critic have to say oh yeah <laughs> i do have a little bit of <laughs> sound here book violence i don't know how they did the stunts either i thought i was looking at shots that were not faked in which people had to be killed. I assume they weren't, but we were afraid <laughs> about it. Right. But the special effects in the movie are sensational. The pacing is amazing. The music is nonstop. Wall-to-wall music that <laughs> drives you as you're sitting there in your seat. Some of the... Yeah, so yeah. it's there. there's also this kind of just how did they pull it off factor to the mm-hmm. action? How, how can you fake it? Um, and the answer is, you know, just really daring um stunt people and a uh director that was willing to um <laughs> I, I don't know it's 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 kind of it's audacious but you also have this whole with smoking the bandit and movies like this you have this whole industry of people that have dedicated their lives to being stunt um uh, stuntmen including the character in drive that's his former profession yeah um so it's uh, at some point, you know, nobody's saying evil Knievel shouldn't have been doing what he, he's doing. Like he chose nobody's saying that he didn't have the right to do what he he was doing. So as long as people were aware of the risks, mm-hmm. then it's incredible. You know, who knows if people got caught up in the moment a little bit and put themselves and others in dangers in danger at any point. The standards for safety on a movie set like this impossible to know what was yeah. being <laughs> what was being held to and if they were incredibly lucky or you know reasonably responsible but hopefully reasonably responsible and they yeah. had i mean and considering they had um they, were, they had over like 80 cars in this movie like to play with which is crazy yeah, they're all outfitted up. and blow up and like decked out it's yeah the scale is incredible um it's it's so mind i mean yeah even with something like conan uh it's so mind-blowing the amount of uh, effort that went into building real things. Like uh, it's one thing to try to pull off like a monster effect, but just like the raw tonnage of (laughs) machinery (laughs) that needs to be like, uh, it's, that's just another part of the audaciousness has nothing to do with the stunts, just like literally make souping up and, and designing all these cars. It's just like, so crazy on a small budget yeah very impressive very impressive um so how did it do in the box office if everyone knows um well it's it's eventually going to make some money but it's nowhere to be seen at this point in its run um at drive-ins and specialty movie houses it's nowhere to be seen in the top 17 of course 
E.T. and um, the Dolly Parton movie <laughs> and Cheech and Chong rounds oh. out the top three. So Cheech and Chong made five point uh, nine, almost six million wow. in its debut in the pirate movie, even <laughs> our bagged two and a half million. Nice. <laughs> and it's uh, for number five. So hmm. E.T. is just barely slipping under 10 million, um, but still number one with 9.5 we'll see how long that lasts probably for a while nine weeks nine weeks uh, in a row so um Um, so would you consider this movie new release or old news i mean i think i know your answer yeah no brainer for me so you can go first um i'm in debate so i think if you really love action nonstop, little dialogue just loud sounds and cool vehicles new release all the way if you want a little bit more substance old news but I think it's cool. I mean, the, I mean, for me, it's kind of hard because I don't know if I would. I mean, apparently, I watched this like a year ago and I forgot. So um, maybe I didn't love it that much then either. <laughs> well, so we'll me, do, I can't this. wait for the for next year's viewing. See if yeah, see if it, it happens again. Um, so do you feel this for you, right? You, do you feel the same way about Fury Road, or does that? No, I don't. Yeah, and that's not sub action too. But I think it's just done. I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it, but I remember seeing it in theaters and being like, wow, this movie's awesome. And yeah, I think, I think part of it might be, I mean, it's, you can't top yourself, like you can't go back in time (laughs) and be expected to have the 82 version beat. It's, it's, I mean, it's really incredible. Um, This movie is one of the few that is like on every list of sequels that are even better than the original. So Mm -hmm. he was topping himself um from the first one to this one and then the third one some people like it more most people probably think the second one uh was the peak of the original trilogy but mm-hmm. i think most people would say that fury road is the crowning achievement so once you've seen that it is a little hard to go back to this um uh, i can't wait to watch fury road after this but <laughs> if one's fresh in, if Fury Road's fresh in your mind, mm-hmm. it, it it this might feel like a step back, which, you know, because yeah. it is in terms of, you know, 30, 40 years of <laughs> of time. Right. <laughs> but uh, new release for me, obviously, okay. yeah. um, despite any of that, it holds up incredibly well as an action movie. And we're using action so broadly, like Force Vengeance as a karate action movie. <laughs> but that's just a whole different category this Mm -hmm. is a large-scale um explosive action (laughs) sequence movie you know it's not about like one-on-one combat and and gunfire and stuff like that it's about big set pieces um and just impressive scale so yeah um all right so mixed review new release and old news um but how early 80s is this movie so right now on a scale of zero to 82 based on fashion music actors tropes etc we have quite the quite the top five um we have the thing with 80 out of 82 tron with 81 out of 82 blade runner with 79 et with a perfect score yeah <laughs> poltergeist also with 81 where does this fit? I don't know. I can't really tell. I mean, 80s based on like them going like their special effects or not having special effects, just like going like blowing up vehicles and that stuff seems very 80s. Their outfits, the hair, 80s. Yeah. In the of. dystopian, like we could, we could say the dystopian genre was mm-hmm. like popular and Mel Gibson was about to like this was going to catapult him into an American, you know, like being an American movie star a little later um late 80s but early 80s i would say this is definitely either in the 60s high 60s or low 70s because it intentionally feels kind of like in its own time yeah let's put it like 72 by conan okay oh yeah if we gave conan that high maybe because of the arnold factor yeah yeah but mel gibson is going to be almost on a level just from a star power standpoint as, as Arnold by yeah. the, by the late eighties. So okay. that's fair. 
All right. So 72 out of 82. Um, and then each week when we watch a movie, we take something from it and sell it in our new release gift shop for profit. Um, last week, I see you guys are selling Chuck Norris playing cards. Yep. <laughs> With Chuck Norris um, nudes and jokes <laughs> on them. Count me in. Um, <laughs> and then we also have transformative panther spray. So you can spray people and turn them in, or yourselves into cats. Yep. Um, origami <laughs> memory kit, a mood drink that makes you light up. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's kind of all over the place. So what do we want to take from this movie and sell? It's yeah, it's it's been tough lately for some reason. Uh, you have yeah. any good ideas for this one? Well, I want some type of like uh, motorized vehicle, some small scale, like for kids. That could, what like... about a boomerang? Oh, yeah. A bloody boomerang. No, a that bloody was, boomerang. That was not a good idea. Was that Australian? A bloody boomerang. You sound like a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my only accent. <laughs> well, Dracula looks blood. It's fine. Yeah, we'll go with a bloody boomerang. Um, sweet. That sounds good to me. Um, so what are we going to watch next week? Next week we have an all timer. Um, I don't honestly know how much of this movie I'm gonna remember. How much I've I've seen it. It's not a movie I've watched very many times. But... I used to own it. So okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, aside from there's a couple very, very, very famous scenes, and there's a couple, there's a lot of very, very famous actors. Yeah. But I can't wait to watch this because. Uh, I think it's going to feel like a relatively fresh experience. So. Awesome. Here's the trailer. Tuesday, how's this for an institution of higher learning? Dumb oh, <laughs> teachers, wild students, fast food, hot parties, hard exams, bad boys, good girls, first times, and fast times. Awesome. Sean Penn, Phoebe Cates, fast times at Ridgemont High. Ooh. That already Ooh. gets a perfect score, 82 yeah. out of 82. <laughs> The the TV commercial Ooh. ends with like a slow motion, almost ripped straight. I mean, Varsity Blues ripping straight off this movie of like a, a lineman jumping over the the, <laughs> the line um, in slow motion, like with an upward Gosh. camera angle. So oh, there's man. football in this movie too. Apparently, I kind of forgot about that part. But yeah, <laughs> so Fast Times at Ridgemont High next week. We only have. Three movies, counting that one, left in the summer of 82. And they're all going to be awesome. So yay! that's all I can say for now. But if you want to join us for the rest of the calendar season, (laughs) the summer calendar (laughs) season year, then you should subscribe by searching New Release on Apple or Spotify or anywhere else. Ashley? That's a crash. Bang! Music time. (laughs) This is this is the part you liked where it said end titles. Oh yeah, and it says end music. Yeah. <laughs> well, the song is called End Titles, so maybe. Oh, it is. <laughs> Perfect. Very original. Yeah. And this is just like Mel Gibson staring off into the vast, empty landscape as you know society leaves him behind once again. 